0: welcome to another episode of Bridges and Tech. I have my friend Shanella Sweat with me today and I am so excited to chat with her because she uh, got into tech in a very out-of-the-box way and I hope that you can learn a thing or two or three, from her experiences. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, please join me in welcoming Shanela to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, hi, welcome. Um, So we're gonna get started by just uh, having you tell the audience who you are, and yeah. Okay, sounds good. So my name is
1: Shanela Sweat, And I am a senior consultant um, in the IT field. Um, As a senior consultant, I work within the organizational change management sector, which means I primarily deal with people. So think of in context of someone being a project manager and that person um, managing a project and resources. I do the same or similar Tasks and responsibilities, but on the people side. So I work within the people side of change, which primarily means I work with people all day. Um, I work with people who are associated with the project, and I work with project team members to get things done. Um, A little bit about me is like you had mentioned previously, my background um, is a non traditional route. Um, I actually started my route within tech in about 2012. Um, And that was as a customer service representative. So as a customer service representative, I didn't do anything technical. Um, Mostly took phone calls and things of that sort, answered questions, uh, clicked a few buttons and things like that. But I didn't come from a technical background. And then as today, I'm now a senior consultant.
0: Awesome. So how did you uh, get started? What made you decide to go into tech and what was that journey like?
1: Um, I'll probably need to add a disclaimer because some of my answers may seem a bit lengthy, um, (laughs) but I just want people to understand like the journey of how I got there because it is such a non-traditional path. Um, for me, I actually got started in tech, um, of course I had mentioned being a customer service representative, but I got pushed into tech out of frustration of being that customer service representative. Um, At the time, I was taking calls
0: um, and a lot of calls,
1: too. I was taking calls. I had certain metrics that I had to meet um, as well as I quickly realized that being on a customer service salary, that none of the goals that I had in mind, I would be able to achieve. It was just out of scope and out of mind. And it wasn't going to be um, anything that I could achieve making $12 or $13 an hour And even when I had created a career path to say, well, maybe if I move into a supervisor role or maybe if I do this, it still wasn't enough money. So during that time of frustration and me trying to figure out how I was going to make ends meet, um, I was in college at the time as well. And I actually had two different types of professors who basically kept bringing up IT at the time. And for me, I wasn't really familiar with anything in IT. Um, to me, IT just equaled computers and smart people. And it just didn't register to me as being feasible or something that I can do. But I had these two instructors, and they were male instructors, um, who basically planted a seed at the time. And they kept mentioning that I should look into IT. And it was so many opportunities. And I would be a really, really good fit for it. But it really did not make sense to me at the time. And so um, little did I know, they brought it to my attention to say, well, you know, you ask a lot of questions in class, Um, you ask a lot of questions via email, you know, you're very inquisitive, you do all of these things, that's what would make you good in tech. And I was like, "Hmm?" you know, I still wasn't making the connection of why that would be a feasible road path for me. Um, But I did take it to heart to say, okay, they are seeing something that I don't see, Um, maybe it's more to it. And so, of course, you know, when things are brought to your attention, you start to see things in a different light. And during the same time at my job, all of a sudden, I started seeing all of these IT people um, just randomly at my job. I saw them observing us, and I saw them taking notes, and I saw them within my department um, a lot more than usual, and I took that into account. And so, um, what I decided to do at that point in time is I started asking my supervisors, okay, who are these people? You know, what are their roles? What are they doing? And they were like, oh, they're trying to see how they can make the system work better. You know, they're learning from you guys. And I still didn't understand what that meant. But I was like, okay, well, can they sit by me? And by me asking that question, that actually started that role path in IT. Because what began to happen is those individuals began to come over to my desk they begin to ask me questions like, um, "Why do you click on this button?" or, "You know, how quickly do you get customers off the phone?" or, "You know, what are things that you see that keeps you, you know, longer?" Like, "What's a barrier on this current system?" All questions that did not have any relevance to me at the time, but they make a lot of sense now. Um, But with them asking those questions to me, it allowed me to ask them questions as well, to say, okay, well, what do you do? And how did you get in the field? And X, Y, Z. And what I began to find out is a lot of these individuals were not technical, but they kept saying to me as well, it's those questions that you're asking that allowed us to get into the field. And so from there, we began to develop a relationship where I began to just volunteer myself on projects. They also been began to request for me to get on projects. Um, and that way I was able to shadow them, right? So once they started saying, well, hey, can we have Shay on this project? She's really good with information here. Or if she was really vital in the implementation for this project. Um, I was able to gain experience. And from those experiences, I was able to update my resume. Um, I was able to get familiar with like the words that they were using because what I realized a lot of what I was doing as a customer service representative, it had relevance in IT. I just didn't understand the verbese or the language at the time. But once I started learning the words and started picking up on things that they were saying, I started to put two and two together,
0: updated my resume, and then here we are today. That's incredible. Um, so you really were able to get the, the very skill that is needed in it is what got you in the job right asking questions yeah um well first you recognized that you needed a new career completely because <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't going to work out long term and then you started asking questions and but also those instructors planted that seed in you because if they didn't say anything then I mean who knows you could have just finished the entire program and not even thought about it right so it's like different facets in the story so I would imagine then that your the company you were working for was very supportive how did your manager handle uh you volunteering yourself for things that aren't uh, directly related to your current role?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. So the company that I worked for before um, was Assuring Insurance, if anybody's looking. They are a very good company, very progressive. Um, But at the time, me being a customer service representative, and this may be an obstacle that other people face, um, you are on... um, Basically business time or service level agreement, so if you're in customer service or within any of those roles, that name or um, title may make sense to you so basically you're on company time, meaning you don't have ample amount of time to shadow and be in all of these places when you need to be taking these calls that's you know the um, the attitude that a lot of supervisors or managers would have. but the way that I was able to um combat that was to say the benefits that I was adding to the business by shadowing um, because of course th- these individuals were already coming out to see what we were doing and to learn the system from our perspective um, so once I realized that I used that to my benefit to say well hey you know they have another project too and you know you know, it's going to impact us on the phones because, you know, they're changing this or they're adding this. And, you know, they need my feedback because if we don't, it'll make us slower on the calls. And me being able to say that, I was able to use it to my benefit because at the end of the day, these businesses don't want anything to slow down productivity levels, anything to slow down production. So I was able to say that. um, And I was able to just add to you know my benefit the reasons of why I should be over there and it worked for me um to be able to shadow and as well as gain that experience needed.
0: So that's a very important point that you bring up that you were able to show your leadership the value of you working with this other team uh what value it brings to your current team because I think oftentimes um leaders are probably okay with you going to do other things, but like, how does it benefit me? We are humans. We all care about the value that we get. So I think that's important for people to note that when you're going to this job shadows, that you're able to show uh, what benefit it will provide to your existing team. It definitely has to be a
1: win-win scenario, right? So Anytime you're communicating, you don't want it to be just a benefit to you. You have to show how it's going to benefit the other party as well. So anytime you have these situations where you're volunteering yourself to shadow, um, I have heard that from other individuals to say, well, they're not going to allow me to shadow. They won't allow me to get off the phone. Um, But that's your next step, right? Showing value of why, you know, or have how you can leverage your time off the phone to be beneficial to what you're currently doing.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So another part of that is obviously you had a really positive attitude and people wanted to talk to you (laughs) or answer (laughs) your question, right? And you were asking those questions in a way that didn't seem offensive or whatever it is you know sometimes people approach people and they don't approach them right and they take offense to it what would you say was some um I guess tricks that you use well it wasn't tricks for you because you just did it but tricks for other people that may not be aware um of how to ask a different team to shadow them or to about their job I think it goes into the same
1: scenario of in any situation going in with a win win mentality. So, even in situations where these individuals were first shadowing me, in a sense, you know, they were coming over to our groups, they were asking questions, they were observing. Um, You allow them to do that, right? So, you allow them the opportunity for them to observe, get what they need. And then when the tables turn, you know, you respect them enough to respect their roles, respect their time, um, and then come from a benefit to make sure that you're asking the right type of questions, right? So I didn't ask things that weren't relevant. So I didn't ask stuff like, oh, well, you know, what are you doing this weekend or you know, I like to do for fun, and some people well, may do that. that? No, I'm just right. <laughs> You know, some people may may ask those questions or ask things that don't really hold relevant. So, as I saw that they were looking at certain things and asking certain questions, I made note to ask those same questions back to say, okay, well, you know, you were looking at this. Are you are you guys making a change there? You know, what's the impact to the change? Uh, what happens if y'all change this? What you know, what does this mean? Or I heard you say this word, what does that mean? Um, So because I was asking very relevant questions, um, from my opinion, I felt that they they knew, I I showed interest, right? So they knew that I had some type of interest by me asking those right type of questions, taking mental notes of what they were doing, um, as well as making it a win-win situation. Because at this point now, I knew the routine of what they were gonna ask, how they were gonna ask, what they were looking for so um like i mentioned it went from oh you know can i shadow with them to them personally requesting me from my supervisors and managers to say hey can we have shay you know on board this project or can we have her in this workshop because her information or her observation and findings were vital so it's having that win-win where you add benefit to them and they add benefit to you as well
0: that is really really good um, the part about asking relevant questions because some people do have that same opportunity, you know, like you did. You weren't the only person there that had this team come around and that shadow. Right. But you were able to ask relevant questions and it took you further. And some people have the same opportunity. They just don't know how to use it. They talk to people. Mm -hmm. but they aren't asking the right questions, right? Right. Uh, And we're humans. We don't know what's in your mind. Um, So (laughs) You sort of need to tell us. There are some people that talk a lot. So maybe you can just get that information uh, without having to ask. But a lot of the things that you're going to need, you're going to have to ask somebody. And uh, being able to know what that question is, is equally as important. I'm glad you shared that. Um, I definitely agree. My other question is, so once you were able to work with those people, what was your next step? How did you actually get a position? Um, Did you get a position with that same company? How'd that work? Yes.
1: So once I was able to shadow um and i shadowed i think at one point it got to be maybe weekly on a weekly basis um but once i learned and I, it didn't last like a long time so that's another thing have smart goals around it meaning you have some type of specific goal in mind maybe a set number of hours that you're trying to have under your belt for shadowing um within a certain time frame and for me i think i may have shadowed um maybe 60 days I think it was two months because what I needed to do keep in mind I'm still a college student I needed to get a role before I graduated so that was in my mind and I think now that I'm thinking back it was like either March and I graduated in May so I was like okay I need to be out of here by May like I need to have a job lined up by the time that I graduate and so um once I shadowed like on a regular basis. And I began to pick up those letters. I'm sorry, not letters, but those um, words that they were using. So they were using words like stakeholders and business requirements and just things that I had never heard before. But I started writing them down. And I started Googling because I'm like, okay, she kept saying this, or he kept referencing this, or, you know, he made mention to this. And of course, some of it made sense because they're breaking things down to me, but these are individuals where they use this type of verbiage all day, every day. So a lot of things they're not even, you know, realizing they're saying to me, um, and it's just their a- everyday language for them. So I started googling these words, these tipsy words, and started um, one using them in my own conversation, and then two trying to connect or beginning to rather connect the dots between what they meant to me as a customer service rep and what that meant to them within their current roles. And so a lot of the individuals who were coming down were business analysts and quality assurance analysts at the time. And so I started to also research those roles. So like, okay, what is a quality assurance analyst? What do they do? What is a business analyst? What do they do? Um, And started to really believe in myself that I was already, you know, both of these people, so I kept telling myself, Oh, I'm in quality. Oh, I'm a business analyst. I write requirements. Oh, I'm in quality. I test software, not ever tested software one day in my life, but I started telling <laughs> myself that. And so, um, I began to tell myself that because I, one, I had to believe it, and two, I was trying to really put that into conversation like these words, these techie words, these titles, these things. So, I So it it didn't come off as false. It was like, no, I knew that's what I was. Long story short, once I started picking apart those words and terminology and things of that sort, I started updating my resume. So I started updating my resume. I kept my same title as a customer service representative. I just changed the words. So instead of me saying, oh, you know, I help people in different departments, I started saying, oh, provides cross communication to a variety of stakeholders, you know? And so cross-communication is a huge word in tech because that means you talk to different individuals on different levels. It might be somebody in leadership, it might be a customer service rep. Um, And for me, I did the same thing as a customer service rep. Some days I may be talking to a
0: manager, some
1: days I might be talking to a janitor, some days I might be talking to a customer service rep, some other days I may be talking to a supervisor. Um, but it's being able to communicate to all of those individuals on different levels. Another key word that was very vital in that process was stakeholder. Um, And a stakeholder is a person who has uh, basically stake or an investment or value to a project. So this is a person who, you know, they wanna know the progress of a project um, because it, it has some type of tie or impact to them. So once I really understood those words, I began to update my resume, Um, and once I started to update my resume, I, um, stumbled upon a contact there, um, who actually was one of those individuals who had, um, observed me earlier. They were in the IT department and they basically were like, Hey, you know, we take, um, college graduates like every year. And I'm like, what, you know, so in the customer service jungle that I was in, I had never even known that, but they were like, yeah, we take college students like every year and they were like, and you would be perfect for it because, you know, now you have the experience, like you're very familiar with our processes. And from there, I was like, okay, you know, let me do this. So I applied um, and stayed with the company and, you know, it was a go from there.
0: And then when you worked for the company, you shadowed those men and women and you sort of learned about your job, you understood what they were doing. But when you got into that graduate program and started doing the work, was it everything you expected it to be? What were some of the downfalls? To be quite honest,
1: I honestly did not have any downfalls. So one of the, I guess the biggest eye openers for me coming from a customer service rep, You don't realize how much work you do as a customer service rep until you're doing something else. So in the IT world, it was so much of an eye opener because even though, um, and just to point reference, the role that I ended up getting as my first um, IT role was as a software quality assurance analyst. So that meant I was a QA tester. Um, So I got into that role and it's entry level. And that meant that I would be the person to test. But remember, I had already told myself I was that or a business analyst. Like I kept telling myself that anyways. Right. Um, But when I got into that role, um, I still had a huge nervousness about myself because I was like, okay, I'm not super technical. Like, you know, maybe they just took me because I'm lucky. You know, maybe, you know, they like me, but, you know, now it's the real deal. And I don't know if I can do it. And I got over there and I realized, you know, I had put so much pressure on myself to be technical. And, you know, I had started Googling different types of uh, programming language and all this stuff, all of this Chinese to me at the time, because I'm like, Lord, I do not
0: understand this. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) I
1: was like, I don't get it. But I felt that, you know, okay, they hired me, but I'm still not prepared. You know, maybe I can't do this. And so when I got over there, I realized that every individual from a QA to a business analyst to the project managers to the scrum masters and so on and so forth, the most hectic, stressful days over there did not compare to a day of being a customer service representative. Yes,
0: I can imagine that. <laughs> no Honestly. comparison.
1: Yeah, and that, yeah. so for me, that is most eye-opening I didn't I can't say that I had any pitfalls or anything that was like a constraint or barrier or something where I was like oh this is not what they told me instead it it just opened my eyes to be like wow you were taking 70 to 100 calls per day you know you have all these angry
0: customers (laughs) yes
1: angry customers and mind you you have to you know control your tone you have to get these people off the phone um in most cases like under a minute you know, you're having to submit their claim, answer their questions, do all of these things. And it's intense. And so I, I just had the realization realization to be like, wow, like the worst day over here is, is is nothing compared to the worst day as a CSR rep. So if anything, that is like the message that I want to com- convey to people. Like, trust me, if you are in a service role, support role, customer service, you're taking calls, you're a waiter, waitress, anything where you are serving people
0: in that way, it's no comparison to how it is in IT. None. Do you feel though that having that experience as a customer service representative made you a better IT person, right? Because in this, now you have seen what the work actually looks like. But also, you know how to act, deal with people, you know how to deal with angry people, and you sort of understand your frustrations. Do you feel like that played a role in making you a better uh, person on your career? Um,
1: I think so. I think anyone who comes from a customer service background is able to dig into that toolkit of customer service and utilize it in IT um, Because like you mentioned, you're dealing with people who are angry, you're dealing with people who have all of these issues. And a lot of times, in customer service, you don't have a lot of leverage to do anything. So I know me as a customer service representative, like you can apologize, but unless they escalate to someone else, you can't override or do anything, you know, you can't a company you know you can't help them
0: in any way Yeah, there's nothing you can do (laughs) yeah you know you're like
1: okay you know I'll get you a 24-hour callback for a supervisor you know or I'll transfer (laughs) you to someone else but you really are (laughs) limited in what you can do whereas you still have to be patient with this client customer whoever you're talking to you still have to do your job and you still have to you know take notes or do whatever your due diligence requires So I do think it benefited me in that way because at least in IT, we have leverage, right? So now you're on the technical side or IT side where it might be a disgruntled stakeholder or someone who's not happy or satisfied, but depending on your environment, in most cases, you have time to fix it, right? So if it's a feature they don't like or something that didn't meet their expectations, maybe a requirement was missed, whatever... We still have time to leverage or mitigate for those risks. Whereas in customer service, it's like, oh, well, ma'am, do you want to call back? You know, that's all you can really do. So (laughs) I think that was really helpful. Probably would be the same for others.
0: Did you then have to do any training? Um, So when you started this job, did they send you to any short training to prepare you for this position or did they just drop you in and just do in-house training?
1: So Asherian, um did a really good job. At the time, we had this director who was really big on servant leadership. So mind you, this is when Agile, Scrum, you know, it still had its newness effect. And mm-hmm. I guess he had just went to a workshop. I don't know. But he was really big on servant leadership. So the first day that I arrived, um, well, let me even back up. Once I got the job, I have never experienced this anywhere else, but as soon as I got the job, I got emails from every single person who emailed me or who interviewed me, and they all gave me feedback on my interviews. Um, And I thought that was really, yeah, I've never had that, but I could appreciate that so much because not only did they tell me like, congratulations, but they also were like, oh, you did a really good job answering this question, or I like how you broke this out or you mentioned this in your interview next time, like add this to it. And I was like, wow. So that was very um, important to me. So they all gave me feedback um, as well as the congratulations. On my first day starting, um, there was books, journals, and like a few other things. And one of the books that I uh, will always remember was um, Good to Great by Jim Collins, I think. And it wasn't a mandate for us to read it, but it was kind of like a self-help book, which basically the theme of that book is, yeah, we can always be good, but you strive to be great. Like the businesses Mm -hmm. and companies that do the best or stay around the longest prepare for greatness. They don't prepare to be good. Um, So I really thought that that was just, you know, very thoughtful to have that as our reading book. And then like our first week or two, they had us in training, but it wasn't real training. So it wasn't training in a sense of, hey, this is this system, you know, click on this button, do that. It was more of, hey, this is what you can expect in IT culture. So they really introduced us to how if you're working with different individuals from different countries, you know, you might get an email at seven o'clock because it's, you know, seven their time in the morning. You know, so to expect these things and how um, they're normal, um, as well as some of the training was career paths to say, okay, well, you are QA, some of these other individuals, and we had a variety of people enrolled within that classroom set, but to say, okay, you're starting here, but your opportunities in IT are endless. So they really did a good job to um, expose you to more of what you're capable of. Um, but not so much formal training. So, like they highlighted the systems and things that they may talk about or use, but they really didn't even go into that. It was more so like, okay, you know, we're preparing you so you are great, not just mm-hmm. good at what you do. So they were really, really good at that.
0: Well, they sound like a great company. Um, yeah, they so, really are. <laughs> if anyone is listening to this, I and know for a job. <laughs> I think you know where to go. Make look. me a branded ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all they should pay your fee finder's fee yes so. <laughs> so what uh, is what would be something you you'd like to say to a leader who has applications from customer service representatives and they don't feel like they have enough experience uh, what would you say to them I mean you have sort of covered it as we're talking but if you could talk to a leader right now, what would you say that sets a customer service representative person apart from the rest of the um, candidate pool? Hmm.
1: I would say, so based off of just how I got into tech and my experience with that organization, my words to a leader would be to take in their soft skills and how they utilize them. So you want to, um, hard skills can always be taught and the way that technology constantly changes, what you teach someone today could be completely different in what is trending tomorrow. Um, So I, even myself, and that's probably why I've continued on the route to even be in change management now is because I don't hold too much stock in you know, hard skills, because that can change, you know, we're using this programming language today, but six months from now, that could be dated. Um, But those soft skills is what will define and determine um, how far your business or your team or your project goes. Um, Because as a leader, you will want to look for someone who's very well spoken um, someone who's critical, um, who's a critical thinker, that means they are able to make decisions and think um, in the future of the impact, right? So this is a person who's looking beyond now and they're looking for the future to say, okay, if I make this decision, this is what we can expect. If I make this decision, this is what we can expect. Um, so I would say a person who's also a good listener that ties into critical thinking um, because they are also looking for keywords as well as um, communication that may not even be verbal. So it'd be uh, a nonverbal cue that they may be picking up on. So, an active listener and listener, um, again, soft skills as a whole is what I would persuade that leader to really look into and to um, do a due diligence check to make sure that those skills are present for someone who may have a customer service background as well as someone who may not. Um, in my experience, I've seen a ton of people who have all of the hard skills in the world. They have every certification under their belt. They can program everything under the sun, but when (laughs) they get hired, um, they don't last too long because they are not team players, um, Mm -hmm. or maybe they don't have the best attitude. So say, um, they create some code, or they've created something, and maybe the business makes a decision to not go with that, and they have a meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say to really take into consideration the strong skills and aptitude of that—not uh, the strong skills, I'm sorry—the soft skills and aptitude of that individual, um, mm-hmm. and weigh that against you know your other contenders, um, because soft skills are not something that can necessarily um, shift. If a person has a strong skill set in that, I Um, I can assure you that those have been developed over some years
0: and they Mm -hmm. will take you very far. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Um, so in your current role today, so we, we just work on how it got all started, uh, and where you are today, you're a senior consultant. Uh, tell us about a day in your life today. So, (laughs) so on the day in the life of a
1: senior consultant so like right now I am in Toronto Canada um, which is a, a very common thing for me so as a consultant you generally travel um a lot generally through Monday through Friday you are on some type of travel schedule to meet a client's needs Um, For me, those needs um, really encompass those around people. So like I had mentioned earlier, I am an organizational change manager, um, which means that I work on the people side of change. And so when we think of change, that can be change in anything. It can be change in leadership. It can be change in software. It can be change in um, the economy, right? So maybe if a company is experiencing layoffs or terminations or a mass hiring even you know if it's a plus we are individuals <laughs> that come in and we help these organizations really facilitate through those change those changes because with people they are the ones that are impacted with these changes mm. um so we really help um both the business as well as those impacted um absorb those changes we help walk them through the phases so if you've ever been. of
0: greed. Yes. <laughs> the,
1: yes. And that's honestly what it is. It's a whole uh, methodology that we follow um, where basically it's like, you know how you think of the various stages of grief? It's yeah. various stages of change as well. So you have, <laughs> you know, you have, uh, say if you have a change, right? So maybe you're, let's say you use Spotify, right? You use Spotify Mm-hmm. But now Spotify is going away, so now you can only use Apple Music only. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. some people, that is a major change. Like you're used to going to Spotify every day. You have your playlist, you have your music list, you know what you're paying. You know you're used to that routine. But now right. we're doing Apple. Well, mm-hmm. you know why do I want to do Apple? I don't
0: like <laughs> Apple. You know, <laughs> yeah. people how know do I click
1: this button? Yes, how do I click this? Or I I don't like the way this works. Or I don't like mm-hmm. the way it looks on my screen. Or this is outside of my budget, you know, all of these things come up. And so as you experience even a change like that, you go through various cycles, right? Because now you really don't want to. So now you're rejecting it, and you're not Mm -hmm. interested. And now you're upset. And now, you know, you don't have a choice. So now you're kind of curious about it, because now I have to learn it. I don't have a choice, but to do it, you know, so it's all of these things and phases that you go through that we help. Um, organizations with, and it's on all of the levels that we work with. So we work with everyone from, you know, the users. So say if I'm a customer service rep and y'all are changing the software all the way down to, will this have impacts to how you run business every day, how you receive monies every day to your uh, staff, you know, are you going to have to make cuts because of this change? So we do a lot of work around that and so um generally if i'm not traveling i am on a client site talking to somebody about some type of pain that they are experiencing from a change so that is generally um my day-to-day activities um i guess a good question would be is like well how how did you get into that role or how does one get into that role um generally for consultants um, they like for you to have um, a variety of experiences, right? So it's not a consultant degree out there. So if anybody's like, oh well, what degree did I get? <laughs> not a Consulting boot degree. camp, let's
0: <laughs> go. Yeah, it's not a boot camp or anything like that.
1: But they like to see that you have worked in a variety of industries because just like I came from a customer service background, that's very vital with dealing with people. So as a consultant. They want someone where maybe you've worked with people in telecom, maybe you've worked in customer service, maybe you've worked in utilities, maybe you've worked in you know, tech and you know, or before that, maybe you were a teacher. So it's not a set road path of anyone who's wanting to go into consulting, it's how you package everything together um, to say that, hey, I've worked in all of these spaces and they don't have to be technical, Um, But this is what I bring to the table. So that's really what consultants look for or consulting looks for as a whole to say, okay, how are your variety of expertise? How can we use it within our organization? Perfect.
0: So I'm going to roll right into the services you provide because you have created a blueprint off of your experience in getting into tech from a non-technical background and you now help people, uh, do the same. So talk to us about your program. So
1: a little bit about my program. So the name of my business is tech time, which stands for teaching everyday knowledge is T E K. um, but it's tech time Academy. And within um, our business model, we actually provide a variety of products and services, um, products being e-courses that a customer service representative or someone within the service industry um, can enroll in, as well as services that accommodate those same courses um, that help you dig in deep of the paths that you may want to take into IT. So. Um, I give lengthy answers because there's so many things that you experience on this path, Um, and so like for myself and what I see in a lot of other people, it's okay. Well, where do I start? And then once they figure out where they start or where they need to start, then it's building that confidence. So. We have created a package of services that are created around these different milestones that you'll encounter on this journey. So maybe you've had an inkling to get into IT or the technical field, but you don't know where to start. We have a package for that, we have a product for that. Or maybe you are an individual who, you know, you have Googled a few things and you feel like you can do it, but now you really don't believe that you can. So we offer like confidence coaching for that to create that mindset that not only can you do it, you're qualified to do it. So we offer a variety of products and services um, there on our website that caters to those individuals who are needing that push to get into the field.
0: Great, that's so amazing that you're doing that for people. I am, uh, the description of this uh, episode should have all of the information and how you can get your hands on that um program. So my other part, and we gotta stay on time here, but (laughs) I want to talk about your other side hustle wig because take time is not the only thing that you do. So if you don't mind sharing, what else you spend your time on? (laughs) No,
1: I don't mind sharing. Um so I do also have another side hustle like you mentioned. Um, And I think for me, it's because I've moved into tech, right, that you get exposed to different things. So my other side hustle, which is becoming like my main hustle, um, (laughs) is I have a watch collection. It's a wooden watch collection, actually, that goes by the name of A Few Wood Men. So all of our watches within our collection have a wooden element. So you can find wood in the face, wood within the links. Um, within the dial depending on the watch model um, so with me being immersed into tech um, I was actually exposed to um, more of the creative side as well which goes into like digital products and being able to create an e-commerce store and so basically for me um, with this store it's been growing and growing and I'm able to serve people um, almost in every country Um We haven't received orders from everybody, but if we did, you know, go ahead and order from us, but, you know, we're (laughs) able to provide them with these watches. And so, um, they're great quality watches specifically for men. We'll have a women's line later. Um, but it's proven to be very, um, fruitful for me in many ways, um, as well as just satisfying, um, to see it grow being that I'm not the most technical person and have been able to just start, you know, from scratch with this particular store.
0: And I would encourage everyone to check that out because they are actually very, um, I want to say very pretty, but then I realized it's men's watches. <laughs> <laughs> they, they look good. <laughs> I'll give <describe> the men's item. <laughs> uh, but I love them and I hope that you would come out with the female line soon and then we can get. What would that be called if you would women? Upstairs. Right, maybe <laughs> that's my suggestion anyway. So <laughs> I look forward to that. Uh, and on a final note, what do you do for fun after you do all this work? You, you're consulting. You're on the road a lot. Um, you're managing two businesses. How do you relax?
1: I relax. So with consulting, I will say the drawback to that is you don't have the best work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, cause obviously you're on the road so much. So generally I am somewhere Monday through Thursday, right now it's in Toronto, Monday through Thursday. And then I'm back in Atlanta, which is where I live Friday through Sunday. And then I do it every week. Um, but what I try to do is put myself on a routine to still get things done so coming up this friday i have a hair appointment nail appointment um i make sure i make those um and i also try to make time for myself so i have a business partner as well and he does a good job to make me sit down sometimes because um sometimes on the weekend I'm like oh I have to do this I need to catch up on this I need to run this errand and so sometimes he'll just be like you're not doing anything today you know you're not doing it and yeah having that person (laughs) yeah having that person tell me no has helped me um Mm -hmm. because sometimes he'll just say well let's just get dinner or let's just do this and it really helps because my mind is like going 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 but I have to realize like okay these things you know are not necessarily forever but these people around me are so you know make sure that you appreciate the time um, with them because you know you never know and so it's like okay appreciate them because these are the people that if these businesses crash and your job lets you go today they'll still be here so cherish those so that's been very helpful and just making sure that I still do tough uh, self-care with like my hair appointments my nails and just keep myself up in those aspects has allowed me to still and like enjoy things
0: yeah I thank you so much for that because uh I recently started well maybe not that recent probably a good two years now where I would go to my nail appointment and nothing is going to stand in my way <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is important I'm gonna sit in a chair and I'm gonna get my uh, manicure and I'm gonna get my pedicure If because for the longest time it's not something I would do I w- I've considered it a waste of time mm-hmm. but it's like what is it that you're even working for go, yeah go like enjoy yourself and it's just sometimes it's just that few maybe an hour to disconnect right right I know for a fact when they start doing my hands I cannot use my phone like no I'm, I'm forced to disconnect uh, so I highly encourage people to take some time for themselves and yeah work hard but play hard. work hard but reward yourself too
1: so like Absolutely. you said when you're getting your nails done or even if you're getting your hair done nine times out of ten you can't be on your phone you know yeah. You can't be on your phone. You can't be distracted. You can't be doing X, Y, Z. So it does give you that at least hour of time mm-hmm. just to be like, all right, you know, whether you're napping or whether you're, you know, thinking or whatever, but it just gives you that small glimpse of time to just like revamp and just, yep. you know, sit back
0: and yeah. enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for sharing all that wisdom. And I know that it's definitely going to help somebody. So thank
1: you so much for having me. So again, I know I can be chatty, but hopefully people were able to get (laughs) the points as a whole from this interview. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did.